0: Welcome to another edition of the 2023 version of the 30-1 to MOB Countdown Team Baseball Previews brought to you by the Passball Show and JohnPLA.com. Today we're going to talk about the Chicago Cubs, but before I do that, just a little reminder of how I come up with the predictions that I do and I've done over the past 12 seasons. I look at the Las Vegas over-unders and, over and, and then I project for each one of the 30 teams a win total And then I rank them in regards to the highest wins of my projection to the lowest. And then I start with the team that I think will have the least amount of wins in Major League Baseball and count up. Right now I'm talking about the Chicago Cubs, a team that won a World Series in 1907, 1908, and then lost several times, including 1910, 1918, 1935, 1945. Didn't get to a World Series again until 2016. They were also in the World Series in 1932 and 1938. So there was a series of time where the Cubs made it to a lot of World Series and didn't win. But then they had the big drought from 45 to 2016 before they finally won again. It's a team that took advantage of that opportunity, kind of maxed it out for whatever it was worth. And then moved on from it. Chris Bryant's gone. Anthony Rizzo's gone. You know, a lot of the star power from that team and that squad is no longer playing in a winning city. Now, they also, from their past season, lost veteran catcher Wilson Contreras, who had a ton of value but wasn't moved at the trading deadline at the end of last year. But expectation was he was going to go for greener pastures. He signed with the Cardinals. El Reyes, Rafael Ortega, Frank Schwindel, Cubs of 2022 are no longer there. They had a very aggressive offseason. One headline by the signing of shortstop Dansby Swanson. And I could have predicted they were going to be in for one of the four shortstops. And I'm glad they made that move. They also signed Cody Bellinger, Trey Mancini, Jamison Tyon. And then to a lesser extent, Michael Fulmer, Tucker Barnhart, Eric Hosmer, and... A couple others. So if you look at the Cubs, I think they're better than they were last year. Last year they were 74-88. and Um, Nico Horner moves from shortstop to second base. Uh, Ian Happ is probably going to be playing left field. I would think Bellinger is looking for a fresh start. He's looking to bounce back. I think you give him every day at-bats in center field if you're David Ross in the Chicago Cubs. That's what I would do. I look at Mancini. I think he's going to... go between first base and DH. And I look at Eric Hosmer in this regard. Has there been a player that's on a a long-term deal that has basically been uh, kicked out to the curb like Eric Hosmer has over the past, whatever, six months? He was with the San Diego Padres on a fifth year of an eight-year contract. It was understood that the Padres weren't necessarily pleased with what they've got on the returns of the $20 million he was making over the past five years, looked to move him at the beginning of the season, and almost did. They almost stuck him in a trade to the Washington Nationals. Now, Hosmer said, no, I'm not going there. I don't want to play there. And they ended up dfa in him. He goes to the Boston Red Sox, finishes the season. And you figure, on a minimum salary deal, the Red Sox could have kept him on for the next three seasons with The Padres paying the rest of the $12 he's owed each of the next three. And they decided they didn't want to do it. They designated him for assignment. He signs with the Cubs. I think the Cubs are in a spot where they got some opportunity. They got good opportunity for players to play. And I think Eric Hosmer very quietly can go out there and not be asked to do too much. I think if you get... The regular or the, the baseball reference page of Swanson, if you get um, Suzuki to perform the way he did last year, Ian Happ, the all-star that he was last year, Patrick Wisdom, I don't think you need a ton when it comes to the expectation for Eric Hosmer. I think they could afford to slide him in there, maybe in the seventh or eighth spot of the batting order, and play him at first base. Tucker Barnhart, kind of the same thing coming off of a season where he was probably a little more was expected from him in Detroit with the Tigers. You pair him with Jan Gomes, kind of ride the hot hand. And, you know, the fact that he got a right-hand hitting catcher and a a lefty hitting catcher, I think that could work. Offensively, this isn't, you know, the 27 Yankees, but this is a solid offensive team. And when it comes to their pitching, you're going to see a lot this year when it comes to Marcus Stroman. And I believe in him. I believe in the talent. Um, I'm not sure how much of a leader he is. And when I judge leaders, I judge leaders by their teams winning. Now, does that mean that that player has to go and be the sole reason that their team wins? No, but Marcus Stroman with the Toronto Blue Jays, Marcus Stroman with the New York Mets, Marcus Stroman last year with the Chicago Cubs, they, they haven't gotten to the world series yet. And I think, there's going to come a time where Marcus Stroman is outspoken as he is. And this is the target that you put on your back when you like to speak. Your leadership is under question based off of the team that you play for. The expectation has got to be that at some point you're, you're a good leader if your team wins and you're not a good leader if your team doesn't win. Now, you can be quiet and kind of hide behind the scenes. There's a lot of players that do that and nothing is spoken about them. But when you got a lot to say, at some point, there has to be some sort of accountability. You can't say, I just play for a shitty team all the time. But, Strowman, all that being said, is the ace of the staff. He is the number one. I look at him, Kyle Hendricks coming off of an injury. Even at his best, I like Strowman. Drew Smiley's back. Jameson Tyon, I mentioned before, was brought over in a four-year contract for the New York Yankees. they got a handful of younger pitchers that they've had up on the Major League level, and they have succeeded. You know, I I loved what I saw last year from um, Sampson, Adrian Sampson, Javier Assad was very, in particular, I thought he pitched very well. I watched him pitch a couple games against the Mets. Uh, Edbert Azaleh did a pretty good job for them as well. So if you look at those guys at the back of the bullpen, I'm sorry, the back of the starting rotation. They also kind of are in a position where they could be top relievers. Now, they don't necessarily have a closer. Brad Boxberger is over at a free agent deal. He's got some closing experience. Rowan Wick, I would guess, would be the guy that you would go to with uh, the most ninth inning chances. Michael Fulmer has been a solid reliever over the past couple years with a little bit of ninth inning um, experience. But if you look at... um, if you look at Justin Steele, if you look at Javier Assad, if you look at Adrian Sampson, even if you look at Keegan Thompson, very live arms that they have, not all of them are going to have spots in a rotation, especially when you got Strowman, Hendricks, Smiley, and Tyon. One of those guys, one of those four, are going to be the number five. And barring an injury, there's going to be opportunity in a Cubs bullpen. And I think the Cubs can rearrange their bullpen with these arms if David Ross were to wish. And if he wants to do that, they have a chance to really build a good young bullpen with arms that may not be experienced in that type of role but could thrive with that opportunity. Um, When it comes down to the farm system of the Chicago Cubs, former Mets prospect Pete Crow Armstrong could possibly be ready for the major leagues this year. Last year, he hit 312 with 896 OPS, 16 home runs, 32 stolen bases in A and high A. Um, Kelvin Alcantara hit 15 home runs, drove in 85 runs, batted in 14 stolen bases, 811 OPS in A ball. Brennan Davis, who might be the most major league ready outfield prospect that they had, had a down season in 2018 second round pick. Um, is looking for a bounce back. I think if he plays well, he could play himself into a role on this team. Cade Horton, a right-hand pitcher, was taken in a 2022 draft seventh overall. We don't know if he's a pitcher or an infielder. Is he an the next Shohei Otani? We'll see. Um, I think the Cubs will have some time to kind of figure that out. Hayden Wozneski was, was a pitcher that they took a look at last year. Um, In 2021, had 151 Ks in just over 130 innings. They got him from the Yankees. So when it comes to the Cubs, I I really believe in improvement this year. I think this is a team that, if you look at the National League Central, I think the Cardinals are going to be good. But I think the Cubs could overtake the Brewers. I think the Pirates and the Reds, maybe another season or two away, even though I made it clear I believe more in the Pirates than the Reds. I, I like the Cubs to take a shot here. And I like the Cubs, if they're going neck and neck with the Cardinals, that rivalry is right up there. That's right up there with Yankees-Red Sox. That's right up there with Dodgers-Giants. When those teams are both playing at a high level, they, the, there's a despise amongst the fan bases. And that makes for exciting baseball. I like to see the Cubs battle to the end here. And I think this could be a very encouraging season. I only had one team in baseball that had more wins than the Cubs that didn't make the playoffs. So I'm giving a glowing review here. I think they could be in it till the end. I think they could even get in the playoffs. And if they do, their pitching is strong enough. Their offense has some, uh, has a couple holes in it. But I like the core with Swanson and Happ and Bellinger, especially if he's able to bounce back from a, a couple bad seasons. Uh, my overall outlook: I have them at 83 and 79. That's uh, second place in the NL Central, number 14 overall. And like I said, only one team with more wins in my projections did not make the playoffs. If you like what you've seen and want to see any more of my 30-to-1 MLB countdown previews, you can check me out on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and of course videos on YouTube. If you want to hear me flap my mouth, I have a podcast called The Passball Show. I've hosted it for the past 12 years. Plenty of different insight, history, and obviously opinion. God bless you, and as always, I'll see you on the other side.